up, ladies and gentlemen? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Daryl Pierce. Uh, Daryl and I have been showing our, our, our work together for over a decade in some of the same venues, traveling around in, in the same circles. We, uh, we recently did a show together at the Distinction Gallery with uh, Chris Murray, also, uh, who's a Philadelphia artist. Daryl used to work out of San Diego and, and now lives in San Francisco. Um, we talk about all that, but uh, we had some time to spend together uh, again in the gallery while we both did wall paintings and we, we, uh, we did a little window display in, in the gallery front two windows. We talk about a bunch of stuff that I'll get into in a second. We'll see what's going on here. Some very interesting guests coming up on the podcast here soon, which I'm excited about. Um, tomorrow, I'm interviewing John Tripp of uh, FecalFace.com fame. He uh, he started a San Francisco art website back, I, I'm going to guess, 98, 99. I think it's 99. I think they just had a 10-year show, so probably something like that. Um, but... It's going to be nice to get him uh, on the show and talk about how he got everything started and what kind of um, what kind of waves occurred after um, starting his his project. Uh, what kind of what kind of things happened in the in the art community and and what kind of positives came out of that. Um, if you hear this today or tomorrow before four p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you could email me questions at info at mikemaxwellart.com. If you want to ask John a question or just have any uh, comments or whatever about the show, after uh, Daryl and I did the show, he uh, he said he had some ex- uh, a few extra days in San Diego. Decided to come up and uh, do an interview with me. We talk about painting, Evan Hecox, Keep Abreast, Fireman Mustache, Reno Slots, Denver, Leslie Repito, Art School, Representational Figuratism, Nature and Man in Harmony technology, Orwellian present, uh, mood swings, acrylic paint, sensory systems, fatherhood, being hard on yourself, bullets and abstract books, Oakland guns, inner city Boy Scout badges, and and a whole lot of other things. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Daryl Pierce. Evan Hecox? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen, seen anything in a minute either. He did some stuff with um, Archetype. Mm. Archetype. Mm-hmm. They did a series of prints that came out. I think he even did some paintings through them. Yeah. I don't know him personally, but um, I get the sense from like interviews and stuff that he doesn't really like dealing with the gallery yeah. scene very much. He probably still... I, what about graphics? Is he, I haven't seen any... Last thing I saw, he had lamps in Target. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> that was a few years ago. Huh. I never saw that shit. There's a really cool video. That must have been the target was getting like, cool. Painting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he, he, he was so quick. He's a pretty cool, cool way of doing it real fast. Yeah, he's rad. Yeah. These two, the, the one on the right, the hypnotic one, mm-hmm. I might be lying. One of the set <coughs> is uh, is a linoleum print, yeah, and the other one is just like a 
like a printout. Oh yeah. That got nice. put into the frame. Nice. I want to say it's the top secret one because <laughs> it was kept a secret. Yeah. But if it's hard to tell from here, we're looking at two Evan Hecox prints that I have right behind the mic in case this makes the <laughs> the edit. Uh, and one was was an actual print, like a print process that he does, and the other one was just printed out of a printer, put into a frame. And you could tell there's you could tell the texture difference when you look at the ink quality of each one. Yeah. How linoleum prints have that little bit of pull where the pull back. the paper pulls mm -hmm. up or the the print pulls the block pulls off. Yeah, he's rad. This is a little Mike Giant drawing. That's what I, I have tattooed on yeah. my on my arm. Yeah, Crystal <laughs> Crystal bought that uh, that breast cast from Keep a Breast from the Keep a Breast auction before we met. Uh, and around that same time, I had started working with them too, and did a couple of casts. Yeah. And since Crystal got casted, oh, and cool. the cat, and I've painted numerous ones since then too. It's kind of rad. It's almost like we had some little connection, like before we met, which we've had a bunch of those. It's been strange. All right, let's do this fucking thing. Cool. All right, thank you for coming up and doing the show. Yeah, appreciate it. Where were you born at? Uh, I was born and raised in Reno, Nevada, until I was eighteen. Do you have any brothers or sisters? One sister, one older sister, two years older. Her name's Taryn. And what are your folks like? They're really great people. Uh, my dad's a firefighter. And, Does um, he have a mustache? He had a mustache for the first 27 years I knew him. Awesome. Never once without it. Awesome. And I finally talked him into shaving it. And, oh, and, you're, uh, you're evil. Friend. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to see him switch it up. And uh, he did, and since he's done that, he's only grown it out twice since. And he likes it clean yeah, cut or whatever. Probably I, probably my mom probably likes it clean cut. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And now he's retired, so. Okay, good. Because it was I... actually his his mustache was a, a little bit of a revolt against the, the rules of the, the fire department. Really? Because you, you have to wear a, ma a gas mask uh -huh. on, or an oxygen mask, and you can only have so long facial hair. And his mustache was always just like just beyond what you could grow to like safely put on. I don't nice. know if it was the nice. smartest idea, but well, shit. So many guys, so many of those guys have the fireman mustache. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that maybe it was like, uh, um, like a protective thing, like it, yeah. like magical mustaches <laughs> keep, that that protect you it's from a smoke filter. Yeah, it protects <laughs> you from the evil fire, yeah, goddess trying to burn you. You know. And what if it it's like a, the ladies know right away like a Samson them. thing? <laughs> chop off the mustache and all of a sudden you lose your magical firepower. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's, that's ridiculous. What about your mom's? Uh, my mom's uh, my mom's from uh, Long Island, New York. And she moved out west to find a cowboy. Found my dad. <laughs> and uh, in Reno, Nevada. And now a lot of my family from New York lives out there too. My dad's originally a farm boy from South Dakota. Just happened to Reno ends up being the nexus for both these yeah. families somehow. I want to say that I've been through been through Reno, but I don't think I've ever stopped. Hung out in Tahoe a few it's times. Maybe not a bad thing. <laughs> it's a great town. I love being from there, but it's uh, it's gone through some changes. It, but it was a a real rough place. Um, yeah. But what do you? It's, what, it's like can you uh, account that fuel to for for angry kids? <laughs> what do you think that? What do you think that is? Is it geographical? Is it like environment? Is it cultural? Um, culture, casino culture. I mean, there's nothing for kids to do there um, unless you're 21. There's no no places that are open. It's all entertainment for people trying to go get fucked up. But it's not quite like Vegas 
I mean, it, it does, it's, it's like the, uh, it's like the old strip in Vegas. It's like Is it kind of more geared chain toward smoking locals? 85 year old ladies at the slots. Yeah. Playing nickel slots. It's <laughs> just a lot of depression. It's a lot of places where people, you know, are on at their last sort of leg. Do you think that uh, that creates sometimes a creative environment too? Like when when kids are faced with nothing left to do, that they come up with some interesting ways to to use their time or or do something more interesting besides the negative aspects of it too definitely i mean i think that's the way across the country you know if you're mid in the midwest you know it's like unless you find something creative or some sort of outlet like you're gonna end up getting hooked up with meth and just like doing anything you can to like stimulate your brain because it can be so dry sometimes and so for me like skateboarding and and artwork deal with that yeah do you think more and more i got yelled at for doing those things it's like fueled it you know yeah Maybe more and more angry. I'm definitely <laughs> not an angry guy anymore. I'm pretty mellow. No, but, that's good. <laughs> but um, Reno as a, a place is beautiful. Its location, it's in a valley. It's right next to Tahoe. There's beautiful reservation lakes in the desert. But the city itself went through some decay. Yeah. When did you leave there? Did you go to Did you go to uh, college? Um, yeah, I left there to go to college. Um, I graduated two years before the internet. Um, so how I didn't weird, know right? how to how research college. I didn't yeah. have any influences for artwork. So no one was there to tell me, hey, there's great art schools. You can be a professional artist. Yeah. There was people saying, oh, you draw well. You should be a draftsman. You should be an architect. You should uh-huh. be all these things, which sounded um, extremely boring. But okay, I guess I'll do that. And this one school came to my high school just because they were the only ones that did. I said, oh, that sounds great. I'll go do that. <laughs> and at that time, I couldn't even... They, were, they would explain to me the differences between a design and il- illustration degree, and I couldn't even discern what was the difference. Right. I, I Like, it's zero education language. for that stuff. I just painted and drew. Yeah. You know? So, anyways, I went for design originally. So I went to the Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design in Denver, which is a fairly mediocre school, but some really brilliant professors and really great... Uh, course like other artists and people I met along the way uh-huh. uh, Leslie Repito her husband Robbie Bollock um, uh, my buddy Dan Veal we have this crew Jim Darling uh-huh. Tina Darling I guess that's our uh, and, Dan sorry Dan Weiss and Kayleen Rivers who did run a open space gallery in Beacon New York they go by the name Thundercut nice. so that's that's our posse was that in uh, like downtown Denver uh, <laughs> or is it on the outskirts somewhere? It, it's on... funny. It's kind of it, it's towards downtown, but it's in kind of like strip mall zone, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. And you had to cross this really dangerous street. It was actually the one of the top three dangerous intersections in the whole city. It and it was in these two horribly lit fluorescent light lit <laughs> yeah. uh, like apartment complex style buildings and uh-huh. you just had to walk back and forth it was terrible now they have a beautiful campus they have a water tower and it's all grass and it's great it's right nice. next to casa bonita i don't know if you've seen the south park about casa bonita but no. it's a it's a i've been to denver one time denver staple but actually i i stayed in boulder for a few days and i went to the charger broncos game Ooh. at yeah. mile high nice yeah I've never been um, to a game there. 
So so you're you went to to do art school full time, right? Like that yeah. was your that was your focus. Yeah, I went one hundred percent. I didn't work. I just took out loans. My parents helped me out with uh, part of the bulk of it, which was really generous. Yeah. Insight. It's a pretty amazing. Did um, what kind of things did you get out of it? Was there was it, was there anything really important that you still utilize today? Because you're doing art. Are you doing art full time? Uh, I'm not. I have a day gig that uh, fits the in between. Um, I'm a freelance art director, but mm-hmm. I get to work from home. Yeah. Which is nice. And you're a new um, daddy, right? And I'm a new daddy, so I have like a mandatory need to put food on the table. Yeah. I can't just like live in a warehouse anymore eating ramen. I got yeah. this little thing to take care of. So, so what kind of stuff did you get out of did to get out of art school that stuck with you? Um, I mean, for design that sticks with me as far as my painting career. I mean, I got a you know, understanding of of color and composition and just basic, you know design skills and color theory I mean, it was, it was a full uh you know four-year degree so it, it pretty well-rounded and the whole time i was doing those classes which are great and helped me i was also painting as much as possible just never really understanding that that was you know no one ever was ever really there to tell me like you can just make that jump and do that and survive. Right. it was right. always like this <clears throat> unless you're a you know, my family, like, oh, you'll be the next Picasso. You'll be like, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah. delusions are crazy, people. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> the age we're in, that's just not going to happen. So I continued with the design, but always painting and just started doing art shows for fun. I just had some ideas and I wanted to put them out there. And, yeah. And I love the feeling. And uh, I, I Do you think, never thought I'd so, still be doing it. So in hindsight now, in those four years, let's say... Theoretically, you didn't go to art school and just started painting. Um, do you think you would have learned the same things? Do you, is there something you picked up in those four years that maybe four years of work might not have taught you as well? Yeah, I do think school is like a accelerator to get you to where you might get, a, you know, eventually. But I'd say more than that, the people I met were, were even more so, you know, uh-huh. as far as collaborations or just learning things off people visually watching someone paint you know versus being huddled up in a studio just experimenting all day which (laughs) is fun yeah and is in the end the best but sometimes all you want to do is learn how to paint this one little thing fast yeah i'm not implying that one is better than the other i'm just curious you know what 10 years later looking back on it or whatever you know you can have a a little bit of a different insight so maybe somebody who's judging hmm, do i do i take this step or this route or that route maybe you know i i think you can get the exact same education from just seeking out people people's work who you like and asking if you can hang out with them apprentice with them right um just learn from them go to museums you know see work from the throughout history get you know inspired influence you can totally do it on your own half the teachers just sat there while we just worked and then right. occasionally they yeah. said words and i mean for <laughs> me like even though I, I like I say I didn't go to art school, but uh, for me, like I I became an art uh, assistant, you know, at a, at a young age when I would have been going into college and had like a two year program where I was like hands on in the art world right away. Yeah. You know, with a with a perfect insight as to what was going on because I was the same way. I was like I didn't know that I could make these things I've been making my whole life. I can turn around and sell them in this weird yeah. market that I didn't know existed and, and make yeah. a good living or at least enough to survive you know i had no idea about that until i started this assistant job right 
So it, it's weird. It's, you know, it's, we find those right pathways to get down, to get to where we need to go eventually, right? Yeah, definitely. When did you get to San Diego? Because we, we started showing together over 10 years ago, huh? Yeah. Like back in the cafe scene, like yeah. right at the beginning, I would say. The muse. Like 99 uh, into 2000. Yeah. Right? I think I moved to, I moved here in 2000. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Moved out to San Diego. Lived here for three years. It was great. I, I, I want to know. Oh, I think um, I owe a lot of me getting into the, the fine art of gallery showing world to Leslie uh, Repito, who uh-huh. she had already sort of... Yeah, she was already kicking some ...started ass, showing, right? and yeah, and had built up a, quite a name, and she mm-hmm. just told gallery friends about me, and they're like, oh, sure, cool, yeah, here you go. And just have a work in this group show, this group show here, here's a two-person, three-person show, and it was in that way really easy, because I'm not uh, the most extroverted person as far as going out and introducing myself to galleries. And right. Here I am, check out, check me out. <laughs> feel like you're more on the artistic side as opposed to the business side of this of this game oh definitely yeah it's kind of weird i'm right? sure you do too but it's it's For a sure, necessary evil that you, i'm learning and you know what how i've explained it in the past is that like there's like this feeling that i have that i have to keep it real and like i have there's some sort of purity to the thing that i do that i i happen to make money at doing it but there's some sort of purity to it to where it's not the same thing as if I went to, uh, you know, a fucking warehouse somewhere and stacked boxes. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't give a shit about the, the quality. I mean, I would give a shit about the quality, but it wouldn't be as pure to me. It would just be me stacking boxes like a physical yeah. maneuvering thing to get a paycheck. Where I'm not making this work to get a paycheck. Like, that's yeah. not my number one goal at the beginning. Yeah. That's again. Once I'm done with the shit and it's on a wall somewhere, that's the that's the you turn on the, that's, the yeah that's when the it's switch. Cool. But you know, so part of me has to keep a level of keeping it real in a, a purity line that I can't really cross over and be where like I can't be shady. Like if you're in a business and you want to undercut the competition and do something yeah. that's like a little bit like a low blow. Like, you can kind of do that in business. Like, competition like that is kind of like, it's actually like, it's not frowned upon. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a good business yeah, tactic. Right. <laughs> but in, in doing this work, because I have this purity to it, like, I can't, I can't act like that. You know? Yeah. So, like, part of that businessman aspect gets killed just from having that type of mindset about it, you know? And I have to kind of shut that off sometimes if I want to try to be businessy. Yeah. When when push comes to shove and the electric bill is going to get shut off, you got to you got to make ends meet or get a meal on the table. Like you do what you got to do, right? Yep, yep. You got to yeah. sell something. Right. So, um let's talk about some of your work. We just did a show together. Um yeah. it's a, a couple of days. It's, what is it today? Tuesday? It's Monday. Monday. Monday we had a show this weekend on yeah. Saturday. Um you brought down a a lot of a big work that that was mostly on found wood, right? Yeah, um, went collected all around, wood. Uh, I, I live in uh, well, at my studio is in Oakland, uh, so I drive all around West Oakland, just hunting, finding for neat looking dusty old objects and yeah. parts that look like they've had a really cool story and might work well with the with new pieces. Sometimes I use them right away. Sometimes I move things that weigh 
80 pounds between five different houses I moved in <laughs> over a 10 year period and every time I wonder why I still have it yeah but um yeah sometimes it, it works out I think like the two of the large pieces I used in the new work came from a dumpster in Venice from probably about seven years ago that I moved oh, around yeah and they're, they're these old bed frames that weigh about 60 pounds each. is that what those uh they were <laughs> sort of like oak looking or like stained wood yeah yeah dark yeah I, those, I, those were my favorite pieces actually yeah, from yeah. from the pieces and there is the half door was pretty cool too yeah a three-quarter door <laughs> so a lot of it is straight found and uh some of it is then you know cut and re reassembled or or i build it into a a door or something different than what it normally was like the door was a drawer and they ripped off the back of the drawer and then built out a little frame stained it uh -huh. and lined it with moss there's um i i put a couple of pictures up on the blog today oh, i really? did a little blogger show pictures um you do uh some figurative work um do you uh do you think that the that the characters that you make are sort of figurative representations of yourself yes yeah <laughs> I mean, it's all, it, but it's always been that way for me. Yeah. I mean, even on some level, the female characters are strange. I mean, it's just and is kind it, of exploring my my own psyche. Do you think self, it's so. it's accidental, right? It's not like you. It's not like a set goal. No, no, it's definitely not a set goal. Yeah. It's just what I relate to. I, you know, I've always been kind of, uh, especially growing up, a real scrawny, gangly kid. And if you look at my, my games, you'll see like. <laughs> super knobby elbows and really elongated hands and fingers and kind of I would, I would, test you see, see I would say ribs. lanky lanky yeah. would be a, a good adjective yeah <laughs> yeah and it's weird how that happens right like when yeah. when I when I'm not doing like straight up portraiture like when I just do character stuff like there's definitely little parts that look exactly like me like like my brow line like yeah. the depths from my brow line into like the cavity of my eyes like is always the same and the nose, I think I always draw my the same nose. Beard, hair. Yeah, it's weird. I, I always I think it's because like we see ourselves the most, you know? And then that yeah. just sort of comes out just because that's how like how we know how to draw. Well, especially if you draw like I think me and you probably don't use reference material that often, or at least all the time, to where we just sit down and start drawing faces, people. Yeah. And yeah, what I face do, do you I, know the best of in your memory? Right, your, exactly. Your own from looking in the mirror, brushing your teeth, yep. whatever and yeah. you, you you know those proportions and i think subconsciously it just finds its way in your drawing unless you're, for me if i go really over the top and want to draw this giant lady or you know yeah something yeah. more uh, caricaturist what about um you have you have a lot of um buildings in your work as well and mm -hmm. to me like there's always like that um there's a common theme in in art of uh man being against nature or man harming nature mm -hmm. and I, when i look at your work like i see the the buildings in context with with like natural elements like mm -hmm. vines and grass and trees and and sort of n natural elements but to me it looks like they're kind of working together like in harmony mm -hmm. and that's just from like I don't even really know the titles to the paintings. Like mm -hmm. that's just like the sense that I get from from looking at it. Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you see that. That's exactly what I'm kind of portraying. I mean, yes, man is harming nature. I mean, we all know that. But you know, my 
goal of my work is just to explore ways of you know harmony and and sort of a symbiotic relationship that may we can kind of attain to mm-hmm. where you know based on the decisions we make even on a micro level you know me and you in our own house you know what we can do to sort of lengthen the future of our you know, children and just <laughs> i mean more than that just like I don't. I have like a pretty big guilt complex about what we're doing on a daily basis, and so mm-hmm. I think that we, you know, have options, and the choices we make every day just really make a, can really make a difference. Yeah, and I think that shows in the pieces. Like it shows. Like it always seems like the pieces are working together, as yeah. opposed to, you know, a clear differentiality between that and like being negative about. Um, these aspects of man and, and nature because there, there's a certain, I did a show um, called humans nature mm-hmm. apostrophe S humans nature. Uh, that was about the idea that everything that we create, everything that's in this universe is yeah. natural. Like we, we, and by separating ourselves by saying that we're something different from nature and mostly thinking about the negative aspects, like us putting concrete on the ground and doing all mm-hmm. these negative things, that that we're something different and kind of harmful, mm-hmm. and and like it's almost like a doom and gloom. Like if you always are in that sort of mind state, you can't ever really see the positive aspects of things. Yeah. And I think that we sort of uh, give ourselves a little bit too much credit as well. I think that. Um, that we're that we work hand in hand with nature and 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 this idea that that this earth can't withstand us or that that this all couldn't end in a flash is kind of silly to me like i understand that like this earth's gone through so many cycles the idea that a little bit of extra carbon from us like obviously we're doing shitty things and we know it and if if we really want to improve this world then we it will it will happen you know yeah. what I mean, and I think I think we're moving in, in proper ways, but I think giving us humans too much power is kind of um, kind of laughable. Well, I think like what we're saying is you know the separation between man and nature. I mean, on some levels, I mean we I mean we are nature. Even creating you know splitting atoms is still uh-huh. natural because yeah. we're nature and, and there's still that, atoms, <laughs> yeah. you know. But we also have a, a conscious and an awareness of what we're doing to ourselves. We still drink ourselves to death every day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, right? I'm I'm not, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm I'm right there with the rest of us. But I mean, we all have our vices. We all have choices that we can make of our own, you know, destruction. But for some reason, it's just easier sometimes to continue on that path. Right. And I mean, we technology, you know, it's kind of class half full, half empty, you know, can technology could either be our, you know, savior, which is what we're all striving for, create the next thing that will allow us to keep driving Hummers all over the place, uh-huh. or will be our, you know, just our destructor, which is the way it or maybe, steadily sort of going. And, or maybe allow us to build a higher consciousness, because it's been technology over time with the la- with, with life becoming easier that we've been able to sort of raise our level of, of consciousness. We've become smarter mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Uh, but the problem is, is whether technology starts evolving on its own and turns into some other thing, you know, yeah, and yeah. starts, starts creating <laughs> itself. Yeah, the Terminator or, Yeah, when situation. technology starts creating yeah, itself, it's, we're fucked. It's, 
That's when we become the monkeys. I mean, those those movies are funny in the 80s, and, and I love them. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, sure. movies uh, are the future. I mean, there's somebody right now making a hoverboard who's almost done with it. You know, all because it was on some stupid movie. I hope so. And, uh, you know, the Jetsons, like, you know, flying cars. Like, all, all artists have to do is sort of invent these ideas in their head, and technology will find a way of making it. And so, I mean... Was it you and I having this conversation? No, maybe it was someone else. So. Uh, you know, like George Orwell. You know, he 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 made his book as a as a warning. You know, not <laughs> not a prophecy of what was going to yeah. happen. So I think you just know, doing this, is looking back, even something stupid as Terminator is something to take seriously. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? seriously. There's a little fucking camera up there on yeah. the, co- the computer screen, yeah. Yeah. recording everything we say that we're just about to dispense <laughs> out to the world. You know, it's not yeah. that far. And I, I should I should caveat what I said about my work, you know, being uh, all in harmony. I mean, I, I create every piece to be taken negatively or optimistically. You know, I don't, I'm not hitting yeah, you head with like creating this awesome hippie vibe of like this other world where people yeah. and bunnies are jumping together. I mean, right. And I mean, that was my, that's my opinion. Interpreted even on a different day by the same person as going one way or the other. And I, totally. I, I like to walk sort of the tension lines between a lot of those sort of polarities like optimistic pessimistic and even male and female light and dark and mm-hmm. um vulnerable or overwhelming you know all these funny what is it about artists that are so interested in opposites <clears throat> like do do you find do you ever play devil's advocate in the conversation just to to uh spark a debate i mean to run, yeah. you know, oh, just to, just to think <laughs> about yeah. to think about the other side of a topic, and if, yeah. if somebody has a strong opinion, yeah. you're like, well, there's this other side to it. And I was kind of lighting a fire under people to get them all excited <laughs> and get them all riled up too, yeah. you know, even if I totally am in total agreement with them, right? <laughs> but I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with our like bipolar tendency. I mean, I, I wouldn't classify myself bipolar. <laughs> um, in my own mind, I am. I mean, I can, I have like yeah, it's we, really dark, dark downside um, I th- we all have I, mood swings you know, dude we, every, every single yeah. person on this planet yeah you know it's a natural thing it's and our just way to visualize those, that it brings it out in front of everyone in a way that's, that's our way of dealing you know, with those things yeah. we have a, a very we're lucky in the way that we have an outlet to uh let some of those stresses and anxieties and like yeah. fears or like in even the ups like the joys and happinesses of life we have a way to express those things in a particular way that we can go back and look at it and remember those things. And not only that, but while we create these things, we have time to think about them as well. Yeah. Right? And go over it and over it and really um, formulate some strong opinion about something or, or a, an emotion or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I will, and hopefully for even the viewer, that allows some sort of relief or at least way to um, uh, <laughs> self-reflection for them where they can you know, relate to what we're doing. And they can right. say, oh, this person feels kind of, you know, introverted and, and you know, isolated sometimes too. That's okay. You know, and, it, and maybe it's okay to embrace that sometimes. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking about the, the two big pieces of the, the, the which are on the blog <clears throat> of the, the mixed media, the ultrasound pieces. pieces. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's the splatter marks in the, 
Almost, it almost seemed like, and I'm just trying to reference it from my from my memory. It almost mm-hmm. seems like there was that like a connection point in between like the human hand and then into the buildings or into the other structures in there. Mm-hmm. That like that was like a, a a changing point, and I thought the splatters were really cool. And when I looked close, it took me until I got up close to see that there was leaves under there. Yeah. Do uh, and I when. When we were installing the show, you also wanted to go find a poppy yeah. to put in the show. Um, do you like doing that sort of stuff, like incorporating actual yeah. natural objects as well? Yeah, I love where, it. where were the leaves from? Um, the leaves, uh, I've, I've been carrying around a giant pile of different leaves that I've gathered from around Colorado and California just because they've been where I lived, and I dry them out. And then, nice. Um, I mean, even if I didn't dry them out, it's, it's great. Acrylic's a pretty fun medium because it's essentially plastic. And so you can seal in this nature mm-hmm. in plastic, and it'll live. You know, it won't like rot away. And how long do you think bugs. acrylics are gonna last? <laughs> uh, who knows? You know, they've only been around what I don't know, fifty years, sixty years. Yeah. You ever feel guilty talking about uh, like nature and stuff, and then using plastic oh, as, sure. as I mean, the medium to express I, yourself? <laughs> total, you know. Yeah, I, I, I've exper- I've experienced those those pains. But it is it's you know I actually paint with them for my own health because oils, I mean are are just pretty rough to deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, it's no better than oils. I mean, oils yeah. are completely carcinogenic, and you're using a ton of paint. Turpentine, thinner, and yeah, and all that bullshit. So yeah. I mean, and it's ending up on something that is hopefully somewhat permanent. Yeah. You know, as opposed to just doing something that's going to end up in a landfill. And I'm not. I'm not months. as concerned about like using it, like the, the spray paint. On the other hand, the spray paint is pretty nasty too. <laughs> Those cans go straight to the landfill, so I, I have some issues with that. I try to do when and I'm all that stuff into the lungs too. Is yeah. Not good. Yeah. So I mean, there's some contradictions within yeah. that for sure, but it's you know, it's, it's a fine balance, right? You break is. even, yeah. like, by at least telling <laughs> a good story or something. Yeah, and it adds even more awareness, you know, using man, you know, world-damaging man-made parts within your work to talk about man-damaging man-made yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about the man and nature thing, and then we'll move on. But, um, do you, uh, are the buildings uh, personifications of anything themselves, you know, like as it's representations of figures, or? They're not figurative, they're just... Um, representations of exploding life just people living together thriving um i don't know if you notice all the windows are connected and there's yeah. like lights pulsing pulsating yeah. out from all over you know all the windows are connected connectivity is a huge thread throughout my work you know you'll notice power lines connecting all the little different cities you know the vines connecting with each other growing in and out of human hands you know just a lot of references to connection between yeah. all living things you know, again, you know, buildings are concrete, but they were made from parts we found right here. Yeah, so it's all. <laughs> I know I mean, it's all nature on some level. Yeah, everything. It, it once you get down to the molecular structure of everything, it's yeah. all the same thing eventually, right? Yeah. So it's like everything it, uh, on some level is natural if it exists. And we don't know what all exists, so we have, <laughs> and that's where we get the idea of something being alien or something, right? Yeah. Just we don't but we, which exists. we can't even really think of because anything alien we can create in our mind is a reference to something we already have here because we just can't think of something our senses quite possibly that original <laughs> our senses so often uh deceive us all the time like 
you know, just in the way our eyes perceive light, like just telling our brain a story. Yeah. And what you you're know. seeing is different than what I'm seeing, you know, I mean, yeah, we, physically, I mean, our light's entering our right. retinas in different ways because of the tiny little mist particles and... <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, we could, there could be things all around us at all times that we just don't have the senses to pick up. Yeah. You know, like, there's like the, the physics idea of multiple universes that like, we just have no way to tap into these things. We don't have the proper sense organs to yeah. to utilize them or whatever. And, and there's some people who are in like the hallucinogenic circles believe that maybe me, maybe I'm just what I've read, you know, just regurgitating things I've heard. Yeah. But they, uh, they believe that like using these plants allow you to sort of obtain these these senses that we don't often utilize as opposed to people just taking drugs and being fucked up and like just imagining things like that there's that there's other places and other type of senses that exist that that could be uh turned on given the right um combination of yeah of plants and and proper brain because really the these plants and and things are are just like keys in the ignition of our mm -hmm. brain because we have the brain it's our brains doing all the the work yeah the plant just turns it on by by chance it, they, it happens to have two little connecting parts that only connect to one another you know like a well, it's, it's definitely possible i mean our, our brains are a huge untapped resource of unused areas and if you can find a gateway into those unused areas that you know you can open up you know your mind world mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've definitely done some experimenting with some pretty fun stuff. And uh, I <laughs> you took say... a deep breath before that <laughs> one, my friend. You can, you can be yourself. You don't have to worry about judgment on this show. But um, no, I mean, it's definitely always, a, for the most part, a positive experience, a pretty enlightening, uh, and at the very least, um, fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? An experience. But yeah, that's all you know. That's all hearsay. Whether that's true, people might just be getting fucked up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, there's definitely plenty of that too going around. Yeah, for but sure. But I think I think. You know, if if I'm gonna do get into that, I, I'm gonna want to get something out of it. Yeah. Um, besides, like, just really tired and an upset stomach. <laughs> yeah, because that ain't no. That's not. That's not fun. At this age, that's not any fun. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 32. Yeah, you're getting up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll be in my 30s too. 31. So how has fatherhood changed you? What uh what type of transitions have you made in the your baby is three months three old? Three months old. Three yeah. months old. So cutie. Uh, yeah, thank you. Got to come out yeah. to the show for a little bit. Yeah. Experience some art. Traveling gypsy family, it's great. That we we have the flexibility to, to travel like this. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of yeah, to see some art, I mean from day one she's zones out on my paintings and other people's paintings in my uh -huh. house especially the heavy black and white artwork because babies really can only see high contrast at the beginning so yeah you know the, the sharpie work stands out a lot for it yeah zones that's out interesting. It's, it's calmed her down quite a you know, few times it, it seems crying. like babies are always really entertained there was um there was a little girl at the show who was with her mom the girl the girl was maybe she was less than two for sure yeah, maybe one yeah and her mom is an artist. Uh, she just added me on Facebook after the show. And I saw. I walked over there, and the little girl was pointing at the at the rocks that uh -huh. I made. And so I walked over there, and I grabbed 
like, grab one of the rocks up and let her hold it. Oh. <clears throat> and she was looking at it and then looking at me like crazy bearded guy. Yeah. And then looking back <laughs> at the rock and was like smiling, super cute. And I, I had her like flip it over so that she could see my signature on the back. I was like, see, I made that. Like trying to make that connection. And then uh, I took it back and set it back down. And Crystal got a couple pictures and got a picture of her pointing at the painting. Nice. It's pretty rad. It's like kids always have that that twinkle in their eye about it, and it's 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 weird how how us as adults still get that creative spark from things. Yeah, you know, and people, even people who aren't involved in art or go to art shows, whenever they show up, they all get that little like twinkle in their eye, even if they're not yeah. doing it all the time. Like like it's something different that they like remember from it as a childhood. Because we all make things when we're kids. We're yep. always creative, and we're taught that that's a good thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, once we get into, like, junior high and high school and into college, it's like, do work, son. Yeah. Besides if, you know, if you get into a, an art college or, or take a creative path. Like, a lot of people give those things up. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's so many benefits to it, even if you're not good at it. You know, figuring out something to do, something to make with your hands, or just something sort of semi-creative even if we, me and my friend Andrew were talking about how like just doing exercise or like uh, like for me golfing or for him it was like rowing or something it's like a meditative thing that calms mm-hmm. us down and, and gives us some sort of like internal peaks or internal reward for for doing something like completing a task or, or like completing a challenge or something yeah and it, it keeps us sane it keeps me sane I don't I keep saying us as in like every single creative person that's ever existed <laughs> but <clears throat> you know for me like it keeps me from smashing people in the face yeah creating <laughs> creating something's always better than the alternative you know, always <laughs> yeah so if I if I'm in a bit of a rut um on the, on the creative side I'll find you know I play like to play music but I'm you know pretty novice at it it's great it's perfect Mm because i have no like delusions about being some great rock musician i just like making music and singing and like having that for my daughter to like yeah that's awesome i play a little guitar but i i was explaining the other day how uh I could trick somebody who doesn't know how to play guitar into thinking that I know how to play guitar. Yeah. But anyone who knows how to play guitar is like, you don't know how to play guitar. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. But I have, you know, I find those rewards in it too. And there's those moments where you like get into the, the like groove all of a sudden. Yeah. And new stuff just starts happening and you get into like that perfect rhythm where like all the chords work together and everything like falls into sync. Yeah. Which I get from painting as like as soon as I start, like I don't have to even think about it anymore. It's just like I can get right into that phase. It's kind of like like Zen monks, right? Like they can get right into meditative phases and get right into like the zone. I think we might be pretty different there. Painting is like not relaxing at all for me. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I love it, but it's no, like yeah, I know. Super stressful, and I'm always it's I get really I have really frustrated moments. Really. And, uh, Especially in the initial stages, uh, from you know concept. To what about thing. drawing? I'm so like hard on myself, and it's something I've always been since a kid. I used to rip up little things I would make, and my mom would come in, and I'd be punching my head, and she'd be like, "Chill out, you're a kid, you know, yeah. just draw, yeah. be happy." And I, I just, I don't know, I, it's a, uh, it's definitely the hardest thing I do, because um, it's, it's just complete self reflection. It's not just like watching tv or something else oh, totally. that you can just yeah. do you know just hang out it's like being alone with your thoughts tuning out everything else and just like 
See, that's finding what... out what you believe in and really focusing on some pretty intense issues that a lot of the times people numb themselves to and, and I numb myself to. I mean, I, I'll, I'll sit there and watch three episodes of Cheers just to stop my brain from working because it, it can be a little too much sometimes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I am the exact opposite. Like, I'm at my most comfortable by myself with my thoughts, like, with the longest amount of time for it to just uh, linger and, and work itself out. Like, that's when I'm at my most peaceful and relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I get as soon as I get into to making things, it's like it all quiets down. Everything gets relaxed. Everything is is mellow. Like I almost, I almost, I don't like to say that I don't make mistakes because I do. I make a ton of mistakes, but I typically just learn from them and move on. And mm-hmm. I never really look at them like too big of mistakes. But in the, the process of working, I almost never make a, a mistake in the like step process of creation uh that isn't like almost immediately fixable yeah like my steps are all as soon as it's the con as soon as i know what's going on mm-hmm. like it just works it, it never yeah. i never go back and have to fix anything yeah like i'm no you know and that's not to say that there isn't a couple little touch-up things here oh, and yeah. there that isn't a normal part of the process but i never go damn i fucked that whole part up <laughs> and go and like buff it all out again yeah yeah like I have been adding buff marks into my stuff lately, yeah, but uh, it's like cra- like crossing things out. But that's all just aesthetics for the fun of it, yeah. But uh, and I guess I'm lucky in that. But I feel like there's something in that calmness that allows me to not fight with myself. Yeah. Well, cer- certain parts of my process. Once I get to a certain point, there are parts where that I really enjoy because I can kind of relax and I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. Uh-huh. And I like, so you I do love, eventually slip into I that. Do, yeah. I yeah. love drawing back into my paintings. Like once uh-huh. it's all the sort of underlying shapes are, are there yeah. and I can, Cause I can that's start drawing into it and that can be really sort of, I don't know, just like peaceful and, and meditative. Uh, meditative. That's, the, that's, the, that's <laughs> the overused word. Finally, it finally gets there. Meditative. Yeah. Yeah, because for me, that's the How reward. How about transcendent? Yeah. I, <laughs> transcending into the meditative phase is, is good. <laughs> let's, um, what do you got going on in the future? Let's, let's promo some shit. Future? Um, yeah, I, this future is actually this vibe? show with that we just finished um, kind of was the culmination of a, like five months of really hard work and mm-hmm. solid showing all over the place. And so... I'm feeling pretty relaxed right now. I'm in San Diego. It's like I can finally take a breath and just be happy, hang yeah. out with my baby for a week. But then um, I have a solo show coming up in San Francisco in April. So that's cool. And um, you live in San Francisco now, right? I do, yeah. Um, I moved there about a year and a half ago from West Oakland, which was... I used to live one block from my studio. Now I live... Um, <laughs> across the bay? Across the Across the bay, across the bridge, Ooh. on the other side of town, you drive across next the bridge? to the ocean. Doesn't I, it, doesn't it, but don't <laughs> you, you get a missed traffic, right? Because don't most people drive into San Francisco during the day? And uh, there's commuting both ways, but I, yeah. I never go outside during drive time. I, I learned that living in Southern California, I just never leave. <laughs> and you, uh, if you have the flexibility to not do that, just don't ever go yeah, out. Yeah, you know <laughs> the smart mess. times to maneuver around, right? Yeah. yeah I, I usually, I'm a night owl, so I... I work till three or four in the morning. There's no traffic when I come home. Really. Yeah, see, I'm old, dude. I fall asleep at like eleven. Yeah. And I work from <laughs> I work from ten to ten. That's it's all about finding your your best creative time. Yeah. yeah. Nine is when everyone else is asleep. 
and I can just you eat late. Be alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's, I think it's all midnight. depending on when we eat. Yeah, that's all that really matters. Right. Whenever you choose to eat your meals is when your work period is set for you. Yeah, <laughs> it really it dictates our our circadian rhythms. Yeah, like if you're going overseas and you want to like switch up uh, your 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 night sleep. You know your sleeping pattern switched to the other twelve hour cycle. Yeah, uh, I don't know the exact pattern, but you can Google that shit. And <laughs> if you if you like don't eat for a day and then like eat your dinner like at like midnight or eat your breakfast at midnight or something, you could switch your your pattern so that you don't get all fucked up when you get to uh, like an overseas place or something. Yeah, yeah, that's the trick. You have to. Like, I, I probably butchered like the actual like how you're supposed to do it, but there's a yeah. way to do it with. with choose your meal or just adapt right yourself to the eating times of wherever you're going and yeah. you should your sleep pattern should follow yeah you yeah. fall right into the right into the cycle it's pretty cool um, um i was gonna say my uh yeah we live Oakland's great but um we had uh two different sets of bullets coming through the house and then when we got pregnant you know, i was like next day i was looking for a place and found a place right away yeah got out of there yeah um, our studio I, sh- I share a studio with another artist uh brett amory and we should we give brett a shout out brett we all like his work <laughs> uh well, we had a bullet come through uh the week before uh well, last week wow that was uh, last week then? yeah wow so, so between uh his bed and uh his couch and uh right into his abstract expressionist book <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, is that a, that's just coincidence, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Not, uh, Unless someone really hated yeah, that's just abstract expressionism and had that shit on Holy scope. Shit. What do you think would <laughs> do you think it has enough force to put the hurt on you? Like coming through once yeah. it gets through the house, like Well it came right through the window, so there's nothing. Oh really. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Lord, that's what is wrong with people, man? Yeah. Kids with guns. Yeah, that shit needs well, <laughs> well, actually, it's it's even worse. It's it's the parents of kids with guns, you know, and then their parents, and then their parents, and then yeah. Well, I'm I'm a I'm a child of a kid of guns. My dad is a huge gun collector. I grew up around three hundred guns. And yeah, well, I, I, I knew how to shoot, and I knew the combination to yeah. the safe when I was. I'm not saying old. that <laughs> the parents. I'm not saying parents with guns have kids with guns. I'm yeah. saying knucklehead-ass parents have kids that have guns that go shoot them into the fucking air yeah, and shoot yeah. through somebody's fucking window like a fucking cunt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's that's the parents' fault. That's the environment those kids are are, are around, you know? Yeah. Like, unfortunately. Like, obviously, at, on a basic level, it's that kid's fault, but there's a, there's a big linear yeah. line of history that was a, a step-by-step process to get to that bullet flying through that window, yeah. you know? And, and kids uh, have no concept of time. They don't even know about tomorrow. Like, it's not even a, a big deal to back around a gun, gain some yeah. fame, shoot someone, all of a sudden you're in jail forever. And Which, see, like, you're oh, in that environment, and we were talking about that, about uh, when the, the congresswoman got shot. Yeah. Like, how often these things are happening in these neighborhoods like they are in, in East Oakland. Like, how yeah. a kid doesn't know if he's going to live past 22. Like, the likelihood is, is well, not Well, not only great. that, but there's something cool in some cultures to claiming that, you know? Like, I'm not going to make it past this. I'm always packing. I got this. And, like, for what? What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> who are you trying to impress, in my opinion? It's you like know? risk junkies. Like, people who are, like, jumping, like, free... 
diving off buildings and parachuting and shit. Like, oh, I wonder if it's like yeah, that. Yeah, you know how like there's desperation, that... you know, like you, have, you know the. But what fuel? <laughs> you get into some though. shit, but I mean, like, you know, kids growing up in super poor communities who have no way out, you know, just find themselves in really crazy situations, and I mean that's why the <laughs> the army is so appealing. To those neighborhoods because mm-hmm. they come in and recruit heavy recruiting because it's the only way those kids are ever going to leave yeah. that area and it's a free trip it's a free ride not weird too, or you cause... can steal shit for that free ride or you can yeah. rob you know yeah and then it just becomes part of your life it becomes yeah. a part of your daily routine everyone you knew is doing and then the you get shit. addicted to it you get addicted to it just like those 82 year old ladies in the five yeah. cent slots in reno right yeah it, like gets... it just becomes a part of your process especially if it's easy and it works time after time yeah i don't know yeah I'm Pretty sure we have we both have checkered past, you know. Of, I don't know. I speak for yourself, son. My shit is squeaky clean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just my record is stealing and doing oh, shit, yeah. and you know, eventually kind of learn. And what? And a lot of that, <laughs> a lot of that is trying to get attention from our parents, right? So, like, let's say our parents work every day. You know, like most of our parents had to, you know bust their ass oh, yeah. and weren't there to get that attention every day now think of some of these inner city kids in, in east oakland who who aren't seeing their parents at all and if they are they're fucking strung out on crack or you know mm-hmm. have all you know alcoholism or some sort of fucking mental issues and and aren't getting any attention at all so what's a good way to get attention you know you go fucking get in trouble yeah. and then when something is like if just shoplifting isn't really that big a deal Mm-hmm. Like, if you just get caught with some a joint, like, big deal, nobody, still, nobody gives a fuck. So you step yeah. it up to that next level, right? Oh, look, I got a gun now. I got a, I got a, an assault charge. Yeah. Look at me, I robbed a liquor store. Yeah, it's like, like, uh, badges, you know, it's the new, it's the new Boy Scout badge. Yeah, Like, for sure. oh, this one, I walked an old lady across the street. Oh, this one, I, uh, got a assault and battery charge. Yeah, and <laughs> so which one gets more, gets more <laughs> attention, you know? Yeah. All of a sudden, you got a whole courtroom paying attention to you, and obviously those are all negative things. Yes. But when you're when you're that desperate for attention, or for some sort of guidance or something, like anything works. Yeah, and, and that's that young, those, like, and gets them right into that. System. Ten years in jail oh, might oh, as well oh. be a hundred years in jail or one month in jail. You have no concept of that time. Yeah. And, yeah, until you're there and it's too late. Sad. And what's what's really sad is that they really think that there is no out for them, which which makes sense when you're in that environment. But like you know, really anyone could go though. to like some resort town. You could get a bus ticket, save forty bucks, and get on a Greyhound and go to some resort town. Yeah. Pick up a job, get a little apartment for you know whatever, and you're gone. And there's resources in, a, in every city too for people that that desperate. Yeah, it's just hard to get out of that routine when you're used to it. Yeah, or hard to find it the the day you need it, maybe, you know, the day you need it most. Or even people to tell them that that these things are an option. Yeah. feels like the internet should change all, like, poverty and, and, like, problems almost. Like, look at all these options, but it seems like the more things we learn about, the more people we find to hate and think that are different than us and more ways to pacify people and... You get lost in some pretty far rabbit holes on the internet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a website? Speaking of the internet, let's... let's yeah, it's just myname.com. Spell it because you spell easy, your but... name so strangely. <laughs> uh, D-A-R-Y-L-L-P-E-I-R-C-E.com. It's a double L, an E before I. Yeah, yeah. E before I. 
Yep, which it's always been the way. I thought maybe they just what screwed it heritage? up on the boat, but I guess not. Here, um, let me guess, let me guess. Okay. I don't know. You tell me. I actually don't know that well. I know that my physical heritage is pretty much straight half Norwegian and half Irish. But uh, my grandpa got in there in the mix, and he's a bit of everything, and I have no idea where the Pierce part came from. <laughs> yeah, especially with the... It sounds kind of like maybe in like the Norway, Sweden, yeah, you know, like that general zone. But that he strange. definitely had some Scandinavian, some English, French, kind of around German. He was just a huge mutt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, you on the Twitters or the Facebook? You want to plug any of that stuff? Uh, or just no, I'm, on, your face, I'm on I'm on Facebook, but you know. But, my name will be the only name spelled like that on there, so oh, yeah. that's where it is. And spell it right. Twitter, up. I've I've tried. I'm on there somehow, but I don't. I still don't really get it. That's it's gonna make good. me sound pretty dated, but uh, I just I don't get it. <laughs> I uh, I kind of like it because uh, you know, like I have so many like family and like uh, like random people on my Facebook. Like I have a little mm-hmm. like I have two little different. Uh, internet societies that I could work with and there's yeah. <clears throat> there's only a few that intertwine in between so it's, it's kind of nice to, yeah. to have another space but it's very one-sided I don't get a lot of um I don't get a lot of back and forth yeah. on the Twitter which yeah. is kind of okay and it's kind of nice to just have 140 characters to say what you want to say yeah like but it's good for certain groups of people like comedians love it because they could work out their little jokes oh, or whatever yeah. and like uh, 140 characters or uh, it's good for you your phone. It? I use it through my phone typically, but, but I use it when I'm home too. Yeah, usually just like Facebook on the computer. But I I didn't start using it until I got the smartphone because I was using like 1982 phone like up until a year ago, less than yeah. a year ago. Like I held out for as long as I could. It was like holding on <laughs> by a string. The five button didn't work. <laughs> you know, like I couldn't hear anybody. Like it was a disaster, and I held out for a long time. But now I'm hooked. Yeah, I got the uh, the Verizon LG yeah. touchscreen podcast joint. video YouTube. It's going. It's happening over here. Yeah, a little yeah. fucking compound of. I'm trying. Media. I'm trying. I have nothing against it. I just um, it's uh, it's like you know how do you spend your day? I mean, I know. I have to promote, and I do as much as possible. But then sometimes I feel like all I'm doing is promoting, and once you know, I need to get to work. You know, yeah. <laughs> I need to make yeah, paintings, totally. and hopefully that that'll bring more. What's well, kind of cool doing this because it feels just like another creative process. Yeah, okay. it's something that I, like yeah. I like to sit down and have conversations with people and just shoot the shit for a while, like yeah. giving the opportunity, which isn't very often, you know. But now I'm making a point like a couple times a week to sit down and do this, you know. Yeah, and I usually don't get to verbalize this much in in a whole chunk. You know, my girlfriend's sick of hearing all my little rants, and <laughs> you know, like you know, I get to talk to people for on average, you know, 45 seconds at an opening and try and give them as much as possible in that amount right. of time. It's it's nice to be able to sit down and just... <laughs> yeah, and then people get to listen to all that shit, too, so... Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for doing the show. Yeah. Feel good about like, it? Everything good? Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yeah.